learned many, many years ago that you don't clap for the donkey that brings Jesus in, right? You clap for him, right? (laughs) So praise be unto the Lord. Father, we do thank you for such a time as this and for the opportunity, the blessing, and the privilege and honor of being together again as the family of Almighty God. And we thank you that what you have begun in our lives, you will complete it, and that we will not be the same, not because Bobby Jean is here, but because we receive from you Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the living and written word of Almighty God. And we praise you for it, Lord. It is vital, vital at this time and this season that we know the Lord God Almighty as we have never known you before. And it's your time that you are revealing yourself to us as never before. And thank you that you said to me that for this year, 2017, is the year God's greatness shall be revealed. And so you simply said God's greatness revealed. And we are seeing that. It's escalating every time, every moment of every day as we walk forward in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it in his holy name. And we want to be a blessing to you and a blessing to one another and a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated now. Thank you. This is a time unlike anything that I've ever experienced in my life. And I've been a Christian. I can't remember, really, when I became a Christian. But I know that I was sprinkled as a Methodist when I was seven years of age. So then I was baptized in the tank after I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That was 1969. So it's been a journey with the Lord and a journey that, you know, you just wake up in the morning and you just know that, you know, God is going to do something today that is going to be so special. And you just get up with the joy of the Lord. He told me one time, he said, if you get up on the wrong side of the bed, you're getting up in the flesh, get back in the bed and get up on the right side and get up on the spirit. And a woman does. I mean, Psalms tells us that. You, do, you are the cornerstone. Can you imagine? He says a woman is the cornerstone. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. So the woman in a family situation, in a household situation, really sets the atmosphere, the temperature of the Lord for the family that day. And it's true. I've seen it happen. That if you get up grumpy and all that kind of stuff, so does everybody else in the home. And they leave, and they're not having too good a day, right? So we're here to be blessed by the Lord. Today has been wonderful. And I just, I, I read five psalms every day, starting with the date, which is the 19th today, and then adding 30 to it to go to and through the Bible, like that, the book of Psalms. And then I read the um, book of Proverbs, the chapter for the day. So I didn't get to read 
the Psalms this morning, or all of this 19th, but I looked at it, scanned it very quickly because all of a sudden I felt the Lord is wanting to give us something, you know. Listen to what he says. And then somebody said something. You know, when the Holy Ghost is speaking, you don't know who said what. You just don't remember. All you remember is the Holy Spirit, right? But verse 8 says, He that getteth wisdom loveth his own soul. He that keepeth understanding shall find good. Isn't that good? That is awesome. But that's not the message that the Lord has laid upon my heart. And I can see through the praise and worship and seeing things in the Holy Ghost, even as that was going on, your response, your involvement, I can just see that it is that time. And I first did, before you ever sang it or said it or whatever, I saw waves, and they were cresting. And it was like you were on the crest of the wave. And I believe with all of my heart that's where you are. And then I saw, as waves do, they go down, right? But the, what they go down and they wash upon the shore more and more and then go out, they wash away any filth, any debris, anything that needs to be away from the beach, the shore, don't they? Isn't that awesome? And so I see that as the waves of God are in our life, that he's just washing us. And I know that was in a song, but I saw it before you ever sang it and so forth. So to me, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses is everything confirmed and established forever and ever. So I can say that we are in that time and we are in that season. And I praise the Lord. You know, I know you're not. If you've been following the Lord, willing and obedient, you're not who you were when I was here last. And I'm not who I was, thank God, when I was here last. Amen. It's wonderful to follow Jesus. Because he is not the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a part of us that remains the same, but we change. Amen. And he's been speaking a lot. I told Tim in the office back, Timothy back there. He's been speaking a lot to me in the past couple of weeks about this and that. (laughs) This and that. But he has told me that that should be that day. And we forget. What is it? Forgetting that which is behind us, we press on toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. We can't change that day, right? We don't look back and go forward at the same time. It's dangerous if if we do. So he said, this is this day. And you just absolutely cannot expect more than God can do for this day. He does have surprises. He does have suddenlies. And this is a day, since I'm on this roll, it is the day of restoration. Prayers that you've made. People that you've prayed for are coming in. Can you shout amen? amen? It is amazing. I mean, how this restoration process 
is taking place. Because, you know, that's Acts 3 also. But he's restoring relationships that were out of sorts with each other. He's restoring that. This is a day of restoration. So whatever day we get in, it's going to be better. In Jesus, the best is yet to come. And he gave me that in about 1979. And somebody gave me, an, uh, and I have it with me, have, gave me another journal. I write in journals. And so the front of it says, uh, in Jesus, the best is yet to come. Oh, it says the best is yet to come probably for the world to buy some. But I know it's in Jesus, the best is yet to come. No matter where we are, no matter, no matter. I did that at Phil Havison's funeral. I was one of three who, Mac Hammond, because that was his pastor in Minneapolis, and then Kenneth Hagin Jr., and I did the funeral service. <laughs> and God had made that so real to me. In, in, the best is yet come. In Jesus, the best is yet come. And you know, he built the message that I was to deliver, the foundation of that, was it doesn't matter if you're six feet under. In fact, in Jesus, the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Can you shout? Isn't that awesome? Oh, are you still drawing? Are you still drawing? Are you an artist? I've got a picture I want you to make for me of my other great-granddaughter. Praise be unto the Lord. Do you want to go to Second uh, Corinthians 2.14? I thought during all of this expression of glory and presence of God, which is the glory, and the Holy Spirit outpouring that we've experienced already this morning, I thought, well, I simply have over the title of this, Triumphant. But I thought, I can change that now and say Triumphant Glory. (laughs) I heard Novel Hayes say years ago that when the glory moves in, dear sweet people, you cannot be the same. You either get hard if you don't receive it, but you go from glory to glory in faith and faith if you do receive it. Praise God. I love that. Don't you love that? So the glory is here. There's no doubt about it. We've experienced the glory this morning, and we didn't think it thundered, right? We knew it was the glory because those that don't know might think it's just thundered or it's flash, but it's not. Thank God the glory does change the flesh though amen Amen. yes it does but i want to read to you different translations that i've written down here about second corinthians 2 14 king james let me read that first now thanks be unto god which always causeth us to triumph in christ isn't that king james Okay, well, what is that? Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay, I I go by King James first, but then I'm going to change. Did you know something? Did you notice it? Always causes us to triumph. You don't triumph unless you're in a war. Come on. And dear sweet people, we're in a war more than we have ever imagined. We are in a war. We are warriors for God. All of this that you get in this house, 
or your time with the Lord. It is simply a greater preparation for you to be at war with the devil. Even to stand in the gap, which we did. The Christians rose up and stood in the gap. And we prayed, but this time we voted. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you may not like Trump, but that's your business and God's with you. But my Bible says, 1 Timothy 2, first of all, before you take a bath, brush your teeth or anything else, first of all, pray for those that are in authority. So as you know, in chapter 5 of Acts, it says that um, you you don't want to fight as much. I'm translating it a little bit. But you don't want to fight these people. Because if they be of God, you're going to be found to be fighting against God. Amen? Hallelujah. We're not talking about the past. We're not talking about that day. We're talking about this day. Amen? And thank God we have done our homework and we have a president. But saints, we must not do what we did in 2000 forward and stop praying for the president come on now and we must keep this president in our prayers day by day by day or else we are not obeying god we are not being willing and obedient and you've heard me say this before if you have heard me i i absolutely since i was baptized in the holy ghost Sweet people, I was a Christian, as I said, all my life. I was in church every time the doors opened. I was this, I was that in the church. But it wasn't until I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, that this word and the will and of God opened up to me. And then I knew by the spirit of revelation, the word of God came alive. And now I praise God, I am like a word computer. If you punch me right and I'm in the spirit, I'm going to be speaking the word of God. Can y'all shout it out? But it didn't come until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when I was 16, I shook my finger in my grandmother's face. So she shook it in mine. And she said, you'll end up being a holy roller just like all of them. And I said, I'll never be a holy roller but guess what i became the chiefest holy roller and i don't mean for you to take that title away from me amen (laughs) i love the holy ghost and when i don't know what to pray for as i ought the holy ghost knows according to the plan of redemption so it's my number one way of starting out just naming the situation or individual and praying in tongues and then he'll give me words to speak and it's not my will that I'm speaking and my dream and my hope but I am saying what God wants me to say can you shout amen so first John five fourteen says we know say no we know that when he hears us we have the answer shout amen praise be unto god okay we're talking about triumphant so it should not be i'm telling you that a christian doesn't triumph come on now i said it should not be that a christian does not triumph listen You know, people have stood in the line and they've asked me, 
to pray for them. They did that, what was it, two Sundays ago. Uh, Pray for me that the devil will leave me alone. I looked at her eyeball to eyeball, and I said, do you want me to pray for you to go six feet under? (laughs) As long as there's breath, and as long as you're doing something for the Lord, you're his, right? That devil is not going to leave you along. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But we've got to activate that. We can't just murmur that with our mouth or head. We've got to know that we know, listen, yeah, we're going to enter this battle, but we're going to win it. We're winners, not sinners, winners. Can you shout amen? Amen. And I want you to know, I I didn't mean to say all this. So God is speaking to us because God is getting us more and more ready. In fact, I, I think they put up on the uh, Facebook now for me, or well, maybe both of them, but at the office. And the title of it is Be Ready, Be Ready, Be Ready. God said it. Be ready. What does ready mean? means able. What? Yeah. It means to be able. Have his ability. It's not our ability that is going to make us ready. I'm from the city of Tacoma, Georgia. Maybe you don't know this, but the world's strongest man is from Tacoma, Georgia. He's been dead a few years, but he won the title against the Russians. When was that, Lord? Was that 1956? I think so. And nobody's ever broken his weightlifting ability. The story is, and true story, he um, could pick up the front of a train did in Decoy, Georgia, engine. Another thing, he could, I'm telling you, and he was a Methodist and remained a Methodist. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord. God can bless anything and anybody. But he, some kind of a trailer thing, you know, flatbed thing, and he put 18 strong men on it and picked it up. And he's right. I never thought of that, Ray. Thank you. We truly did produce a Samson in Tacoma, Georgia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> huh? Winners. Winners, not sinners. I've never said that in my life, but God has said it through me, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. So we're not failures. Failures, in case you didn't understand that Southern lingo. We are not failures. Come on. Woo! We don't fall either. Well, moving right along. And the um, American Standard Version reads this way, who always leadeth us in triumph in Christ. So if he's not leading us, if we're not triumphing, we're not being led by the Holy Ghost, which Romans 14, Romans 8, 14 says, we are led by the Holy Spirit. And if we're not triumphing, sweet people, we're not being led by the Holy Spirit. Simple. 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 Amen? And then the 20th century New Testament translation says, oh, I love this one. Who through our union with Christ leads us in one continual triumph. 
Well, that means one continual battle. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you know, you never really think about the battles. When, oh, you know, one of the grandkids told me my hair was lighter now. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, well, when you get older, you don't want it darker. Hallelujah. <laughs> She's a southern girl anyway. You can have your dark hair. All right. But that's why maybe some gray is there. Amen. Moving right along, I guess I didn't need to say that. Who through our union with Christ leads us in one continual triumph. One of the famous words of the family for generations, as far as I know back, is that my grandmother would say, this too shall pass. And we grew up knowing that, believing that, and seeing that. They were good Methodists. Well, she was, had been Baptist, but she married a Methodist, so that he had the authority. <laughs> so she became a Methodist. But this too shall pass. I don't care what is happening or has happened if you're not liking it. If it's not good for you, it's going to pass. You remember so many times in the Bible it says it came to pass? It came to pass. Sooner or later, it's going to come to pass. Just keep on following Jesus. That's what it says, in union with Christ. See, it's not just, I tell you, saints, and I, I think I'm talking to a people who know what I'm talking about. Everything is built on relationship. Amen? Both with you personally, with God, and then us together. And so forth and so on. Relationship. I don't know why this is coming up. But two weeks ago, uh, I ministered in Gainesville, Georgia. And Barbara used to travel. She did for eight years with me. Uh, and if we weren't on the road, she would be at office. She even went to Russia with me. And I loved my Barbara. I still love her. And she's one that's not going to let you be sad. She is just full of joy. And I laughed more with Barbara than I did all my other armor bearers put together. So she, God told me, we were in Washington, D.C. Oh, goodness, I, I didn't document the year. But it was December, I know that. And I'm, I'm reading the Bible. Barbara's reading the newspaper sitting in that Washington airport. And all of a sudden, the Lord said to me, Barbara's a pastor. And I, I looked at her and I said, why, Barbara? I said, the Lord says you are a pastor. Well, she was the kind that would hit the leg and bend over laughing and da 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 she laughed at it, but later they told me at her church that she was mad at me. <laughs> mad at God, because I said she was pastor for God. And so she was working, you know, at the office. And uh, one day, just very, I think it was the first part of a year, she came into my office and she said, uh, she calls me Reverend Merck, and she said, uh, can I... Uh, talk with you and I said well certainly and so she began to tell me she said um, that three or four well what had happened the pastor at a local church 
in her neighborhood had fallen from grace. <laughs> so the three or four deacons, whatever they were, elders, whatever, came to her and asked her, knocked on her door, and asked her if she would be the interim pastor. It was all I could do not to laugh in her little face. And so uh, she did it rather sheepishly, if you can imagine, you know, like, I don't want to really say this to you, but I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> and so her uh, internship turned out to be, they, when they found got her, they didn't want to go after anybody else. So for over three years, she was an intern pastor there. So she's a very decisive, strong lady, and she um, she just got tired of that. So she God spoke to her. I'm, I know he did, but she went a block or two away and started her own church, <laughs> and she named it Glory Tabernacle. <laughs> and so I I go. I'm ordained, and I go, and um, so for Dan, my son, and I went up on the first Sunday. Well, I heard this several times, but uh, when she was introducing me, she was just beautifully introducing me, but she said her sister, Cinderella was her name, and she was, Cinderella was standing in the back. She sort of kept things in order and so forth, you know. <laughs> she was of that nature. And she says, uh, why is she coming? Talking about me. It's not even a holiday or no special day in March or whatever this or that. Why is she coming? She always comes in something like that in an appointed time. And I tell you, I made the most of that throughout the message. Why, is she, why did she come? I came because I was sent by God. And my dear Barbara, which is what all the churches that I know in this nation have gone through. But I'm telling you, we are triumphant. Come on. But she had gone down, quote, unquote. She was so discouraged when she called me before that. And I told her, quite frankly, I said, I don't care whether you want me to or not. I will be there. Come on. She had gotten down to five people. Her family had left, so many of them, and da-da-da-da-da. And she was just crushed. She was so disappointed. But I tell you what, God turned that place upside down. It was packed out because she advertised, you know, so they'll come for a guest speaker, I guess, or whatever. And God reamed it out. Do y'all know what ream out is here? Rotorooter. Hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord. Amen. And that church was changed. There was a breakthrough. There was a triumphant victory. Can you shout amen? There was glory once again set in glory tabernacle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Can you shout amen? This is the day that God is having his way. Now, I've never made that statement. It just came out by the Spirit of the Lord. 
Expect change. Expect things not to be as you think they've always been or they have been. Expect a change. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God a clap, offering. Praise this holy re- Say, we believe, we receive, and we conceive. Woo! Glory to God. But it takes a union with God. Unity. Who through our union with Christ. Come on now, sweet people. Who, who is number one? God Almighty. Come on now. I have learned one thing, and it is so written on my heart. Like, you know what they do? They put these things on cattle. Brand them. Uh-huh. Listen here. Let us all individually. He never said the exact words, but he said it all around. Yes, there's the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher for the uh, perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry. What ministry? A title is a description. It's not a brownie thing that you kiss toes. Like when I was in Rome, Italy, and we went into the Vatican, and they had a big old statue of Peter sitting on the seat. I'm not, I'm not mocking them. I'm not making fun of them. I'm telling you a fact. And Peter's, people had come by and kissed his foot until his foot, some of it was worn off. Come on now. So the bottom line is, who are we pleasing? We must have an attitude of determination and motivation that we are in Christ to please God. And when we please God, everything else is going to come into divine order. That was the message for Egg Harbor Friday night. Divine order. Come on, saints. God works through order. But what kind of ministry? We've got to define these things because a gift of ministry defines what you're supposed to be. That's all it's for. So you'll know what to expect. Come on now. All right? This is what you can receive from. What, what are we perfecting the saints for? Those of us that are fine for ministry. For the work of the ministry. Okay, what is that? Reconciliation. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. I don't care if you're fivefold or if you're not. We're in the ministry of reconciling. Making sure it's good, it's pleasing, it's right in God's sight. Amen. That's what righteousness means. It's just right in God's sight. And right wins the fight. I can tell you, I know that. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Now, let me give you this one of Amplified. Who in Christ always, say always. Always. So why do we get so wiped out and upset when we have to be fighting a battle? We're going to win. He said it right here. 
who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Now, if we're being led by God and Christ, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and not by some other, uh, you know, I'm sure there's an absolute place for counsel. But if it doesn't bear witness with what God has told you, you better leave that particular counseling. Come on. I'm preaching better than you shouting. And so, amen. Hear what I'm saying? That doesn't mean we begin. Oh, well, he said, you're not teaching on that, so shut up. Okay. (laughs) This is amplified. Who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Look at this. As trophies of Christ's victory. God wants us to triumph in victory so we can be set up as Christ's trophy. What do you do with a trophy? Some people may have had a trophy. Huh? Come on. I've got some, but whatever. And you, sh- you shine that thing. Come on. You polish it. You put it on display. And Acts 1.8 literally means that. That you are jewels, you are diamonds in God's showcase that he can show you off in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I love it. I do too, sweetie. Absolutely marvelous. Absolutely marvelous. So you are a trophy. Now, I tell you, when I get to the end of the thing, which is probably going to be tonight, and then, then I'm going to have to skip a lot. Amen. Because God's adding a lot. Hallelujah. But dear sweet people, think about it. The magnitude of God making us Christ's trophies. Polishing us like a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I think, who was that? I think it was Jim Spillman told me in 1984, because it was Jim and Chuck Flynn and Dick Mills. Those three travel with Catherine Kuhlman. And so the four of us were ministering in some kind of conference there in California. And Jim Spillman, you know, when a prophet, they don't always do this, but some do this, but when they begin to look at you, <laughs> you know, or speak on or stop looking. Can you shout it? <laughs> And so Jim, he said, you are a diamond who has been brought out of the coal mine. Do you know what that means? Yes, ma'am. Dirty. Come on. A lot of pressure. Okay. Oh, Lord Jesus. Pressure. Well, I never thought of that. Mm. But that's true. Hallelujah. But through it all. There's two songs, right? Do you remember that one? Was that Andre Crouch, Through It All? And the other one is, He'll Do It Again. That has been just going over and over in my brain the last couple of days. Come on, sing. Do it again. Do it again. (laughs) So that's us triumphing. Okay? Marvelous, marvelous. But he said, all you, he said, you're polished. 
however he said it. I haven't said this in a long time. And he said, all you, listen, he said, all you are called to do is to shine for Jesus. So we're trophies, right? And he shines his trophies. But in the shining, all we are to do is to shine for Jesus. Isn't it good? It is good. I tell you, it is good. Let's see what the other one said. Uh, This is Moffat's translation. Wherever I go. People have never understood how I can go like I go. I know how I go. (laughs) By the grace of God. And I tell you, and recently I said, I I have to have more grace. (laughs) Do you understand? Got to have more grace for this. Not tonight. I haven't haven't said, oh, today I haven't haven't said that here in Joycey. But uh, I said, Wherever I go, thank God. He makes my life. He should shine for Jesus. A constant pageant of triumph in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Display. Hmm? Muppet. I love all three. All translations. All right. Then we're going on. How do we have a triumphant life? Come on. How do we have a triumphant life? Not up one day and down the other. Come on. Part two, I said actually, the other I gave you was part one is part two of having a triumphant life. You got, we got to know, how do we have this triumphant life? You know? He wouldn't give us a Bible if we didn't know, need to know some things. Turn to Luke chapter 1. This is what he gave me, so I'll pass it on to you. Thank you. But this is called the Magnificat. And over mine, in a little topic heading, it says, Mary's Song of Praise. Mary's Song of Praise. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. What is our soul? Its soul is like a bridge between the spirit and the body. If the soul gets sick, the body is going to have some symptoms, aren't they, doctor? Somewhere. Okay? What did I say? I said the soul is between the spirit and the body. What affects your soul will affect your body for sure and spirit. Right? Come on now. Mm-hmm. But she said, my soul doth magnify the Lord. We've got to come to the end of magnifying problems. 
magnifying evil or bad or things that shouldn't be. Come on. How do you magnify Bobby Jean? Talking all the time. Come on now. Hallelujah. Because your mouth reveals what's in that soul. Out of the mouth, you know, man speaketh. Out of the heart, man speaketh. Woman speaketh through the mouth. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. Well, then I see, I'm, I'm a word person. Not only the written word, and thank God that living word, Jesus, but I love to do Hebrew and Greek. Come on now. And uh, even many times, somebody gave me for my birthday, March the 1st. Beautiful. That thing is huge. It's so big, I can't take it with me. It's open on my desk at home. I'd forgotten. Oh, I know what it's open to. They kept saying to me over and over and over that they, they took me to lunch. And they, uh, Tim and Beth Scott, they're marvelous. They're over the Georgia, uh, a great love intercessors and whatever. They're dear friends. And so they took me for lunch, and they kept saying over and over and over to me something about life. Life, addressing me about life that I exhibited and so forth. And uh, so um, I thought, now life, 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 life. My soul doth magnify the Lord. Where did that word life come into the picture that you were sharing? It's further on. I say, let us speak and talk life, good, and that which is triumphant. Let us not talk about evil. We have authority over it and one day I came off the road wherever I'd been and Dan wanted me to come into his office Dan is my son and he wanted me to see on his computer T.D. Jakes now another staff member I said something about T.D. Jakes and she said didn't he oh I said it will bless you to turn to such and such date or whatever of T.D. Jake's program. And bless her darling heart, she said back to me, it, didn't he fall or something? Meaning fall from grace. I said, I don't know. But I know this. This man has spoken truth. Amen. 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 It doesn't matter to me what somebody has done. What did they do today? This day. You see what I'm saying? That's where the blood of Jesus comes in. Come on. That's where the new covenant comes in. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Huh? Yes, glory. I don't matter. I don't, I don't know what you tell. But I know this is for us. So I'm going to share it with you because it's for you. And I understand that. See, I'm computer literate. I, I chose to be so. I'm not happy about it, but I did. 
So I made the decision. So I have to depend on the staff and everybody else, whatever. But I understand that you can go back and get this program. And I recommended it at the bottom of my uh, newsletter that I sent out to the partners. Uh, well, it would have been March 1st, wouldn't it? It was for February. But you know what he taught on? The devil is wanting to take your territory. Well, what does that mean, Bobby Jean? He went on and explained it. He wants to take your ministry. He wants to take your property. Come on. He wants to take your family. He wants to take you. He just went on and on. Anything that is of God that you're involved in and victorious in, come on now, and maybe you're even fighting the good fight of faith in, knowing that the victory is coming, you understand? The devil is right there trying to take your territory. That is the reason he throws every dart at us that he can, is because he wants to take our territory. I've got news for him. That territory belongs to me, and he is not taking my territory. He is not taking my family. He is not taking in my relationships. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, that's where the accuser of the brethren is released. He's trying to take your friendships. He's trying to take your relationships. He's trying to take your marriage. Come on. Hallelujah. Wake up. Right? Praise the Lord. Give him a shout. Praise the Lord. Woo! <laughs> Can't you just see that? Lord, I, I'm not teaching on that, but there is such a description of the Roman soldier with all of that armor on him that he says in Ephesians 6, when we are born again and baptized in the Holy Ghost, especially, he puts all of that armor and he made somebody, well, I know who it was, Rick, Rick Renner. Rick is known as Rick the Greek, let's see, geek. Okay, can you shout him in? But he's in Russia. We've been friends since 83. When we started somewhere ministering somewhere, I think it was Washington or whatever. And Rick was describing that armor. Oh, it's beautiful and everything about it. And he made this statement. I said, no, I never really thought about that. But he said, the devil didn't even know who Jesus was until he put that armor on at his baptism. (laughs) 30 years, he said, the devil didn't know who Jesus was. You go back to scripture and you can date it down to the moment of 30 years. Three and a half years he suffered. Come on. On this earth, everything that we will ever suffer, come on, and the cross, come on now. But the devil didn't know who he was until he put on the armor of God. That's awesome, isn't it? Oh, Lord, have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. Magnify. Okay. Do you know when you're magnifying person, place, or thing, it means in the Greek to make great? If we magnify problems every time we magnify them, 
we make them greater and greater and greater. And the accuser of the brethren, oh, Lord Jesus, that's the devil's handiwork in it. Revelation 12. How do we overcome him? And Yeah, Jesus. Three things there, though. Blood of the Lamb, word of our testimony, and we love our lives, not unto death. In other words, we're not in the business of trying to protect ourselves. You understand what I'm saying? We're not deliberately doing wrong. That's not our focus. That's not where we set our eyes or anything about us on to magnify. Come on now, shout unto God with all us are trying. Well, further, what does the word magnify mean? It means to boast. This is how you do it. You're not boasting of problems. You're not boasting of self. You're not boasting of any human being. You boast of God. That's the way you magnify him. You boast in him. You tell somebody, I have never taken a flight. I don't believe. If I'm not okay in saying this, meaning it didn't start at the beginning, Lord, just let me know. But I tell you, I never have taken a flight that somebody didn't end up. What was I coming to this airport for? Why was I in that plane? In other words, who are you? I just encountered that coming up here. Come on. Who are you? They want to know. Well, what do I have? What do I say? I'm a minister. I don't say it like that, but I'm a minister. Oh, well, where are you? What do you do? I'm a minister for the Lord Jesus Christ, for Almighty God. Da da da. I've been to almost 50 nations, and I've been to all, but I think it's two of these United States. What am I? He told me in 84, this man, a pastor in a conference at um, Randy, not Greer, no, Gilbert, Randy Gilbert in Virginia. And he was in a conference and I was ministering. Because, listen, I didn't, I thought I was going to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I didn't know I'm going to be all over the place today. And so the man on the front row, the pastor, I can see him right now at the end. He said, he came to me after the service and he said, I asked God, what is she doing? Pastor. And God says, she's my seed planter. She is my seed planter. That has been a lot of strength in the time of a storm. Right? <laughs> he that hath an ear to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying is going to hear it. And then this lady that traveled with um, Amy. No, it wasn't Amy. It was who was before her. Yeah, it was Amy. Because it wasn't Catherine Coomer, but it was Amy Simple Matt Pearson. And I was in a, doing a meeting in Hollywood, California. And somebody brought her. I think she was about age seven at that time. And so they brought her up to meet me. (laughs) And I knew when I looked in her face, and she was an apostle herself and a prophet herself. And uh, she spoke three things to me at that time. But then she, 
in January of 88, I had a reason to call her. And uh, I was fighting the good fight of faith. And I needed some help here. I needed some strength here. I needed some wisdom on how to be triumphant. I didn't know that was the way I would say it then. But anyway, so I called her. And I told her situation. And she gave me that wisdom of many years, 88 years now, going into. And then she said two things, and I thought, oh, dear, she missed it. But she didn't miss it. And why am I telling you these two things? Because you need to hear it. Because you need to know what to expect out of this vessel. Are y'all here now? Number one, she said, um, you've travailed. (laughs) You've groaned. You've interceded. Uh, All you're going to do. She said, because you have raised up an armor army of intercessors that are going to be groaning and travailing. That's what she said. And uh, I thought she missed it. But then, dear sweet people, I didn't think she, I just thought she missed it. But then I realized, my dear sweet people, that did not mean I'm going to stop interceding. That did not mean I'm going to stop praying. Come on. But it is like a higher dimension, higher standard. That's the other thing she said. Boy, I really thought she missed it in this. But I've lived to come to see both of them come to pass. And the second thing she said was, um, you're not going to be prophesying. The time will come you will not be prophesying. But every word you speak will be prophecy. And those who have an ear, what the Spirit will hear. I've seen that come to pass, brothers and sisters. But at that time, I thought the dear lady just missed it. But you see, when God speaks, I have uh, in the newsletter, I think it was the last one. It was. I have a copy in my room. But uh, last June, a call, I don't know. I didn't look at the time. Did y'all look at that? Okay. Last June, I, uh, they started receiving a call at the office from a lady in Laredo, Mexico. And what she said was, I prophesied to her and her husband in which, not which, in Emporia, Kansas, 25, 24, whatever years, anyway, years ago. And they, as they were ordained by the pastor, usually I get called up. So I was standing there with him. He was doing the ordination. And he was ordaining them because they were going to Mexico, Laredo, for the first time to start a mission work there. Lord have mercy. So she wanted me that they were going to have their 25th anniversary uh, the first weekend days of February, I believe it was, of this year. And she wanted me to come as the guest speaker for the night. It was Thursday night. They were having a banquet showing all this marvelous stuff uh, that they had done and everything and 
wanted me to speak. Well, I said, to answer, yes, if I'm available, I, I, I feel led by the spirit that I'm at to go. I, I'm to go. I hadn't thought of it in 25 years. And I didn't know them. But led by the spirit of God, I went. And they gave me that night a beautiful plaque. And they gave me also a prophecy, the prophecy, that I had spoken 25 years ago that catapulted them as they went to Mexico. They have a record, I mean, atomized, over one million souls they have saved. They have given away one million plus Bibles. They see now prophecy. See prophecy doesn't just happen. Now I proved that when I have taught in years past on the Bible. When prophecy is spoken, we've got to do something, and we've got to just obey God and pray. We not necessarily pray that the prophecy will come to pass. But if I, when I taught on it years ago, that was eighty three, uh, starting. Daniel remembered the words of Jeremiah that he had spoken, Jeremiah had spoken 70 years before about Israel coming out of the bondage of Babylon. Come on now. 70 years. Took about 4,000 to get Jesus into the world. You see, prophecy is dependent upon God's timing. But I wrote in my a uh, new letter, partner letter, the power of prophecy. The power of prophecy. This, when God speaks, I, I tell him, not one word I prophesy falls to the ground. I have Samuel's anointing. That's what they say about Samuel. Not one word that Samuel spoke fell to the ground. Well, am I building myself up or taking brownie points? No. But I know that if I speak, baby, it's going to come to pass. Amen. If, if, let's say if, if people are willing and obedient. Amen. If they receive that thing. All right. Let's go a little bit further. Then we're talking about magnifying the Lord. Make him great. Boast in God. Okay. I'm go- I know that. See, this is just a page. Uh, so it's many pages, but I know that I'm going to have to quit when I get to the end of this. And it means magnify means boast, joy. Okay? Joy. I go to Walmart. How, how many of you know who, who Walmart is? In the poor Georgia, baby, that's about it. <laughs> but but uh, as I, I, of course, you can imagine what I am doing. I don't get to go much. But when I go, usually I see a young man named Brian. I was just falling in love with that boy, man, whatever he is. And so one day, though, uh, he was walking out with me. He always takes my things to the car if he sees me. And uh, so Brian and I, this was, I wrote the date down, June 23, 2016. And Brian, as we were he was pushing the car, and we were walking side by side. He said, do you have your joy? 
I said, uh, well, I do. But I thought, do I look like I don't have my joy? <laughs> and he's always seen me with a southern smiling face. Come on now. So it's important as Christ's trophy that we look full of joy. And the only picture that I will allow of Christ in that building, office building, is the picture of the laughing Jesus. What? Oh, okay. The laughing Jesus. I do not see him as dull and somber and sober. I mean, I knew he laughed at the right things, and I know that. Okay? But joy. I think I might have even said to Brian, I don't know. Don't I look like my my joy? I have my joy. (laughs) And I began to smile then. Hallelujah. Amen. Magnify means a ground of glory. When you're magnifying the Lord, you're standing on holy ground. You are standing on the ground of Almighty God. Can you shout amen? Psalm 28, 12, and if you don't have the translation, I recommend it. The Passion Translation says, The triumphant joy of God's lovers releases great glory. You want me to read it again? Okay. The triumphant joy of God's lovers releases great glory. You stand on a solid rock when you magnify the Lord. Who is the rock? He is the rock, isn't he? Yes. And uh, a sure foundation. Ooh, glory to the Lord. He is the foundation of it all, isn't he? And you stand on earth ground. This is Greek definition. You're standing on earth ground. And I then wrote this on my own, I think. God owns and, yes, he has given the earth to us. Well, let's finish this little thing, a bit magnanimous thing about magnify. Luke one forty six. magnify in the New American Standard Bible means exalt. Do you remember that song? I exalt thee. Isn't that great? Phil Jessica, one time we were doing a meeting somewhere and he told me, He said that when he enters a hotel room, the point he does is put his own tape on. It was tape when he told me, you know, and uh, blowing his trumpet. And then he walks out for an hour. He cleanses that room with praise and worship. And I was text that Ray and Carol went in my room and put the goodies there. And Ray prayed. In my room to get it all cleaned out. And it is clean. Can you, and they weren't talking about dust. And vacuuming or that stuff. But it was talking about spirits. Amen. Hmm? Okay. I'm going to quit now. Just a little bit. Okay. Greatness in the New English Bible. Wait just a minute. Magnify in the New English Bible means greatness. Mm, isn't it great? Now. Uh, it means extols, 
when you magnify the Lord, you extol him. And that means to praise highly and to lift him up. Mm-hmm. So, Carrie, this is great. In your home. My heart, this is, this is from Weymouth's translation. I love this. Uh, no, I'm sorry. This is Philip's translation. My heart is overflowing with praise of my life, of my Lord. I saw you whispering over there. My heart is overflowing with praise of my Lord. That's what I'm called to is the overflow ministry. Okay. My heart is overflowing with praise of my Lord. Philip's translation. Okay. This is verse 47, Weymouth's translation. And my spirit triumphs in God, my Savior. That's the only place that this triumph comes. Amen. All right. We'll get to part three tonight. Start over. Oh, Give God the clap up and praise his holy name. <laughs> Woo! We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you, are you full of the peace of the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph. Well, praise God. Well, what it isn't, I mean, that's a fresh word from God. Um, And I think it's a superior word from this perspective that yesterday's gone. Yesterday's failures, yesterday's disappointments. Amen. Yesterday's unrealized promise. And the discouragement that can come from that. But this is the day. This is this day. Amen. And uh, wow. Thank you, Bobby Jean, for the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, I was sharing with Bobby Jean that a word, not the only word, but a, a powerful word that's at the forefront of what God has breathed into this house is a year of transition. And it's the transitioning, God transitioning us into that place that he has so desired us. And here's the good news of God and what he can do in an instant, in a suddenly, to quote Pastor Carol and Bobby, in a suddenly, that if we were by chance, let's say four years behind where we should be, in a suddenly, God can bring you right up to where you're supposed to be. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Say this is this day. This is this day. <laughs> Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's I'm going forward in the triumph of the Holy Ghost. I will be a doer of the work. I will keep the word in my heart. I'll keep the word in my mouth. My purpose is to fulfill my daddy's plan. And give the devil a headache at the same time. Hallelujah. Listen, that's it. <laughs> By quoting the word of God. I tell you what, when he gave Jesus his best shot, you have to understand, the devil, the general of evil himself, tempted the, the son of God. But like Bobby Jean said, it wasn't until the cat came out of the bag, so to speak. You know, they thought, some thought an angel had spoken, others thought it had thundered, but those who had an ear to hear heard this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. 
Hallelujah. Guess what? Not only human ears heard it, the spirit realm heard it. It was decreed and declared. And from that point on, hallelujah, the general of all evil did his best to take the sun down. How did he fight his battles? Oh, he was defeated. Oh, I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus and loose from Satan's grip. Now I'm living in a new creation. Anybody know the words? (laughs) I cannot be defeated. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm free. Something like that. Amen. Honey, you got something. Yeah, I just want to read Kuta. Kuta. Yeah. Um, I just want to, well, I, I don't, I want to share this with Bobby Jean because she didn't know this. Every time you walked over to us, I was just looking at you, looking at your face. And, you know, God was through that time, that uh, Monday intercession and praying. And the Lord was taking, took us into a place where we knew that the presence of the glory of God was going to just be here. Not just Sunday, but we carry the divine presence of God in us. Amen. And I hold on to Isaiah where it says it shall be seen on us. That's something that is happening. But every time you walked over, Bobby Jean, you didn't even know this. But the golden glory was coming out through your face, and then it would go back in. And it would go out through your face. It was like all around here, here. And the golden glory would just glisten out. I saw it, and I thought, that's, that's, and I'm looking and then you would walk away, and you'd come back, and it, it was like playing, like I say, peekaboo. It was coming in. It was not there. Because at first I thought, was well, it from our clothing or something? And the Lord started showing me it was coming in and out, and then it wasn't there. And so it was like the glory of God. Yes, the glory of God is being seen on us, church. And it's not just maybe in those ways. But you carry something that is so valuable. And when Bobby Jean was talking about this, we are his trophies. Yes. You know, a trophy, when, as soon as she said that, I thought, what do, what do you do with a trophy? You show it off. You put it out somewhere so where people can see. You don't hide that. You're proud of that trophy. You worked hard for that trophy. You paid a price for that trophy. And Jesus himself and Father himself and Holy Spirit himself, God Almighty, paid a price yes. for all of us, his trophies, to be displayed. Who to? So the world and the kingdom of darkness could see that Jesus Christ is the overcomer and he has defeated him. Amen? Because he has many that have been brought into his kingdom and we are his trophies. And in his trophies, we're going to reflect the glory of God, the hope of God to others. And I was reading this today, this morning, Hebrews chapter 1, and I, was, I just said to my husband, I said, I love Hebrews. And I love, I, I don't know why, it was just ministering to me today, chapter 1. But I just want to read this one verse. Because there's a lot of things that Bobby Jean was saying. And, and just in this one verse, because the, the exultant, the, the, I want to say exaltation of his joy. Yes. You know, we exalt you, Lord. Mm-hmm. We exalt you, O oh God. 
We do it through our, the joy. And like Bobby Jean was saying, it's like, how many really have the joy of the Lord? Well, you know, you've said that. The word exult, E-X-U-L-T, means to triumph exceedingly. what it means church exactly what he did exactly what he did there's an expression with a hebrew mindset they just don't say oh i'm joyful (laughs) there is an expression in the hebrew mindset they express what they feel amen jesus expressed it well to quote you you say joy goes public i always said joy goes public (laughs) It does. Because joy is an expression. It is the very essence of God. And who he is. And when Jesus, when, when, when the disciples came back, you remember, and they came back, the 70 came back in Luke 10. And he said, you know, they start saying, wow, all these things are happening. Even demons came out. And he stopped. And he, and he told them not to rejoice over that, but to rejoice that their name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And then he began to rejoice in that word rejoice. What does it mean in the Greek? To jump, to leap, to spin. Celebrate. Give Celebrate. Glory. Give glory. Act clamorously foolish. Act clamorously foolish. <laughs> That's what Jesus did. <laughs> He's our role model. That's right. And so it says, and it says this in verse, verse 9, Hebrews 1, verse 9, it says from the Amplified. It says, you have loved righteousness. What did Bobby's genes say? Was it reconciliation? Yeah. Is righteousness. You have loved reconciliation. You have loved righteousness. You have loved reconciliation. You have delighted in integrity. Wow. Our soul needs to delight in integrity. Wow, that's good. Think of the healing it brings to our body. Think of the the testimony that is to others, to love integrity, just like he does. Virtue and uprightness and purpose in thought and action. And you have hated lawlessness, injustice, and iniquity. Therefore, God, even your God, Godhead, has anointed you with the oil of exultant joy and gladness above and beyond your companions. Anointed Jesus with joy. Anointed Jesus. Who did? That's why you like that picture of the laughing. We love that too. And some of you, as I could tell, some of you didn't even know what Bobby Jean was talking about. It's from it's from this video, this um, the, a, a film. On Matthew, it was a series on Matthew, and it was done by an actor. And the portrayal of Jesus was a a, a Jesus, a joyful Jesus, who was so joyful. You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah, that's where it came from, and it's absolutely wonderful. You could read your Bible, Matthew, along with everything is just. The Matthew, the Bible, and it's filled with such joy. And you see the side of Jesus, even as him being here as man, okay, in the flesh, God in the flesh as man, but the joy of the Lord 
that carried him through and carried him over. For the joy set before him, he endured, endured the, cross. the cross. Amen. Please stand. Hallelujah. Were you blessed today? Wow, I tell you what, I could burp. Hallelujah. We ate a good meal. Amen. <laughs> I encourage you to uh, set tonight apart if you don't have other plans. And please, even if you do, share the good news that God has a vessel here at, in this, at this venue. It's not to build good news, but it's to build the kingdom. Amen. I trust you are enriched. Heaven, grab your neighbor's hand. Father, we thank you for the abiding glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. In us and upon us. That, Lord, wherever we are going forth and wherever you have planted us to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish, subdue, and have dominion, that we will grow in the increase of light, life, and glory. That we will be active doers of the word of God. That we'll embrace what you spoke to us today, Lord, and we'll meditate on it. We'll take it for the now word. For this is this day, the, the first day of the rest of our journey. And we love you for it. We look forward to tonight, Papa, and just that your glory will come, that you will refresh Bobby Jean throughout the day. And Lord, as we come tonight, that we'll come in faith, hope, and love, believing for your best. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Give each other an embrace. Yeah, hallelujah. Give Jesus praise.